0: Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace.
1: And welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Hey, I am your host, Dr. Mark French, and thank you. For joining me on this episode, for having me as part of your list, of having me as part of your playlist, and uh, yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. So missed last week altogether. Completely, uh, just uh, you know, going to be perfectly vulnerable. There are. I'm a big advocate for mental health because I've been there. I've I have those issues. I deal with those issues, and last week I just. You know, I lost interest in a lot of things that I generally enjoy doing, and one of the things I love doing is this podcast, and I really appreciate you being a part of it with me, so thanks for, uh, thanks for being there, and I'm back this week feeling better, just, you know, you took, take some me time, sometimes being stationary, sometimes just uh, letting it be. Letting it wash over you, letting it move on, letting it take its course uh, is the best thing you can do. And I did that last week. I feel better and I'm excited about jumping back in here. Luckily, it was just one week, (laughs) just missed one episode, Uh, but I love doing this. So it it, you can tell when you start to lose interest in the things you really love doing. uh, That's when you know you need to step back and think about where you're at. So, hey, here we are. We're back. We're going to get it going. And this week, not really a new story that I want to talk about, but a whole different topic that has been really on my mind that I think is really important, or not really important, but it's important to me, so it's important to the podcast. <laughs> but I, and I'm trying to approach this in the most, like, I guess, calm way possible, even though it's a really interesting topic for me. And it's happened to me a few times over my career, and I've seen it happen to other people. I've seen it happen in other organizations. As a consultant, um, when I do that outside of my normal day-to-day job, uh, I see it happening to others too. And I just wonder how, if it's just me, am (laughs) am I the only one that sees this? Or is it actually something that's real out there in the health and safety community, and I can't really put my finger on... Why? Um, I have some sarcasm about it, and I'll be more than happy to share that, and I will. I can't help but to share that sarcasm that comes with it. But I know you're probably like, what is this guy talking about? Well, let's jump into it. So as a consultant, a lot of what we do as a safety consultant is provide some sort of value to an organization. Now, generally speaking, it's to supplement maybe a health and safety professional who just doesn't have enough time. Like the company has said, hey, this is all we're hiring. This is all we're going to invest in EHS. And uh, we expect them to do everything, but they're allowed to have a budget to get some help when they need it, whether it be with training or auditing or writing programs or doing um, any other type of of risk assessment work. So that's part of it is that we're that supplement to what we do. And I've used that. I mean, there's uh, almost, I think most of the time there's There's times where you need uh, someone else to come in. Sometimes it's because you don't have the expertise or knowledge yet uh, or you're new or you don't have time or you're looking for someone who has a standardized process because we as safety professionals have so much we're expected to know. And I've kind of talked about this before, whether it be chemical knowledge, lockout, tagout, hot work, electrical. I mean, we're all over the spectrum and especially with leadership, which has kind of become my newest focus is that if you have good leaders, you have good safety because leaders inherently care about people. And if you care about people, the first thing you should care about is their safety. So it makes sense. But I've, I mean, I've hired ergonomic people, electrical people, lockout people. I've worked with a lot of really awesome consultants and I know a lot of really awesome consultants out there that have been more than helpful in my career. And hopefully I've been the same for some other places that maybe I've helped. Uh, but one thing that the other time that we see that consult is being used is an organization that doesn't have a safety person, or maybe they're not big enough. They want to do the right thing. They need, they by law have to do the right thing, but they're just not big enough to warrant that full-time safety person. So what they do is they consult. They get that 20 hours a week, or maybe it's, maybe it's only a, like a few hours a month that they need to some training and some auditing, some signage, things like that. Something simple, but enough to keep them where they want to be and where they should be. And so instead of hiring that full-time person, they look toward looking toward a consultant, which is great that they're thinking ahead and saying, you know what, we would love to have that full-time, but we, we're just not big enough. And we're, we just don't have the need to keep someone that busy. And so they, have, they don't do it. Sometimes there's that operation supervisor or someone else in the organization, uh, sometimes even an HR, that is asked to do the safety stuff on top of their normal job. That's another time a safety consultant can be a lot of help because you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes you need that help for someone to come in, guide you through it the right way. Because there's a lot of assumptions that can be made in the safety world. And I'm, I'm going to come back to that probably in the second half. But it's almost error and omission. It's that idea that, well, I don't know it, therefore I just keep going or I've heard wrong information. And there's a lot of wrong information out there. Uh, I've heard wrong information or I listen to this and it's just, it's not right. And you end up setting yourself up for not being correct and things happen when you're not following the way it should be done now the real the one i really wanted to talk about here is when a safety consultant has to come in to validate or any consultant has to come in to validate what they already know is true and that's a really weird place to be where either as a safety professional having to call someone else and go hey I'm almost like I'm sure that I'm right on what needs to be fixed here, but I'm being told that I need to get an outside opinion before I can do it. Will you come in and look at this and say, yeah, or no? And a lot of times the organization is looking for a consultant or looking for another safety person that will invalidate their own in-house person. So they don't have to make the investment so that they don't have to do the right where they well you know you said that but your consultant actually said we didn't have to do that so we're not going to do it it's kind of like when you don't get the answer you want you just keep asking other people and you just keep asking like okay mom said no i'm going to go to dad uh, same thing in the business world sometimes people will just jump around within different departments especially if the if the communication is poor Within the organization, they'll jump around until they get the answer they want. And I have seen that so much with safety. More than anything else, I've seen it with safety. Where, well, they tell me I can't really do that without a confined space. Well, what if I do this and that? And I can uh, decertify it or it's not a confined space anymore. Or at least I think it's not a confined space anymore so we'll just leave safety out of it we'll get the job done and when it's all done nice and safe we'll all say our apologies and we'll move on until someone gets seriously hurt but there's also more there's a lot of psychological safety and insecurity that comes with that hmm let's come back and talk about that in the second half of the leading and learning through safety podcast TSDA Consulting. Learn you, lead others. The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is an amazing tool. Problem is that it can be easily misinterpreted. Dr. Mark French is MBTI certified and ready to help you discover your inner strengths. The MBTI assessment can help with team building, stress management, communication, conflict management, and so much more individual and group sessions are available to help you discover what makes you great for more information visit us on the web at tsdaconsulting.com and welcome back to the second half of the leading and learning through safety podcast so glad you could join me let's continue the conversation about safety consulting and that safety philosophy and i'll start with a story this was years ago i was working in a whole different like world um and what had happened is the organization was having some issues with safety. And so they, a consultant came in and started evaluating. And, of course, as a good consultant trying to really make sure they had a future business, uh, they just came in with a shotgun approach and just absolutely list after list after list of things they found wrong that not necessarily OSHA wrong but could be construed as still unsafe and having risk. Good point still real so what they ended up doing was instead of keeping the consultant on as a consultant they hired them full-time as soon as that person became full-time their recommendations were like "Mm, we don't need those anymore and then they would still hire consultants to come in and look at the hazards that we knew we had so in simpler terms it's basically like hey if you're from the outside of our company, you are super smart. When you have all these credentials and letters behind your name and education, you were you smart. But once you join our organization, you were dumb as a rock. You were no longer smart. And I think when I think of this sarcastically, the way I see it is that, hey, if you were really smart, you wouldn't come work for us because that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that about these organizations. I remember that about that organization in particular. And I think, yeah, you know, I probably was <laughs> thinking like, man, I got to get out of here because that's crazy. But I still see that happening so many times. And I, here's another story from my past is that we were looking at a hazard. And so me, I said, nope, we, we can't do it that way. There's a whole bunch of other ways that are slower but we can't do it the way you wanna do it that's like faster. And it's still, we're not talking like significantly faster. We were talking saving a little bit of time. And so I was like, we can't do that. We can do the, the, the way that has been established that is right. I, I would love to have improvement, but not the improvement you recommend. Well, then someone else, another certified professional, very well degreed said, yep, Mark's right. Another person in the, in the organization said, yep. They, again, they're seeking the answer they want. Yep. Went up a level in the organization. Another well-credentialed, well-established, well-educated safety professional. Can't do it that way. Got to do it the old way, unless you, but the way, the way you say it can't happen. Finally, they dig around in the organization, and they find someone up in the, in, in the organization, and they send a very vague ask, and the person responds back in the email and, um, and says, you know, let's think about that. Maybe it could do it. Boom. Well, Mark, what are you doing here, buddy? You trying to shut us down? You trying to ruin us? What are you trying to do here? Look, your 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 super mega ultra boss gave us a maybe. Gave us a maybe here. What? Do you, why are you giving us a no when we got a maybe? Oh my God, that's ridiculous. We wasted. We could have already done it like fifteen times the old way, in the time that we spent looking for someone that would give us approval to do it the new way that was unsafe and absolutely unsafe but that's also the frustrating part when a safety team is divided when a safety team starts pointing fingers when it, within itself uh, or has that animosity between where there's not good working conditions or people don't find out i mean why my thought was why was a phone not picked up and called Yo, what's going on like where do you need my help? And as a consultant, that's the first thing I normally ask is, where do you need me? As, as another safety professional that may be reaching out, if that's the case of another safety professional who needs help, the first thing I ask is, where do you need my help? What do you need me to accomplish? I'm not going like, to lie or, or fudge the facts or do anything like that, but can I focus somewhere that you need me to focus? Is there something I really need to look at or something I need to explain better or if is there a way that I can back you up if you're right? Is there a way that I can solidify your opinion that way? And that's kind of sad that a company would hire a great person, educated, experienced, and they go, well, we're not sure. We're not sure that you're right. Why? And that frustrates me to no end of that reasoning. And I think it's because the decision is hard following the OSHA regulations is tough. And that's why we this is why right now we're seeing like significant cuts potentially to the budget of OSHA. We're seeing this push to make sure that the laws can't be enforced or new laws can't be enacted. And that's sad because it protects people. It's this is yes, it does affect business. I get that. But I also can't understand why hmm, business should take breast and over a human life, but it has for since the beginning of any type of industry, really even agricultural. And that's the frustrating part is that in modern day, what we would like to think is enlightened society. Why are we still seeking the answers we know are wrong? Why are we still digging deeper for doing it the wrong way, but getting someone, anyone to justify The fact that it's wrong. And that's kind of that omission thing. Well, let's find someone who we think is safe and let's call them our safety person. And we'll 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 tout them as a safety person. We will we will brag about them. We will put them on our Web page as a safety person. And then we will just cross our fingers that they can just keep people safe through common sense. I remember one company that I was doing research on. This was years ago, and I came across a news story, and I can't remember what episode of the podcast it was, but, like, they'd had some real bad stuff. And, of course, on their web page, like, safety's number one. And they had an operational guy. They had no safety people. They had a VP of operations who also said, well, I'm safe. I'm the safety guy. And, mm, yeah, it, it didn't work at all, but it looked good on the web page. And that's where we in that organization have, I guess, trouble because other organizations get away with it. They do it. They do it. Luckily, they're lucky, sometimes not lucky. And then they just keep pushing and pushing. And those who are doing it right, it makes us look like we're just being over the top when really we're just wanting the basic protections. Anyway, anyway, I'm going to jump off the soapbox. Man, I came back hot from that little hiatus, didn't I? <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining me. Really enjoyed this podcast. Enjoyed talking to you. So again, in August, I am going to be at the Tennessee Safety Conference. Super excited about that. If you're around the Nashville area uh, or even in Tennessee or close to that, it's a great conference. Uh, still time to sign up. Uh, would love to see you there. Lots of great speakers. Lots of great vendors. Should be a great time. So again, thanks for joining me, and until next time we chat, stay safe.
0: Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.